Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. We are back on a football Friday. This is the Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. And definitely the text line is lit for sure after our picks. For sure, I'm definitely catching hell, but... You know, that's why I'm built for this. I can I can take the arrows that will come. I gave my unbiased opinion about what I think their schedule is going to be, and it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see how it plays out. More than likely, hey, I could be wrong, but I could be right. You ever seen Get Rich or Die Trying when Terrence Howard was like, uh, I could be wrong, but I know I'm right. <laughs> Get Rich or Die Trying said. is a movie that I've seen bits and pieces of uh-huh. when it's running on TV constantly. And so I can I can put together some scenes. I'm still missing some, but it's it's a big puzzle with some missing pieces as far as I'm concerned. All right. So now keep the text coming, though. 704-570-9610. For sure. So let's uh, go to another topic that uh, definitely the fans enjoyed last year. Walker and I going through our draft of sorts, drafting the top 10 players from this football game. Are we drafting or are we picking? Because drafting picking, is a little different. Picking, picking, I just want to make sure. Picking, Look, already trying that. to change the rules picking. so we can win. <laughs> trying to get picking. in favor with the text line. So, again. yeah, we're going to go with who we think are the 10 best football players on the field for this matchup, regardless of team. And we're going to see who has the most high-end players coming into this matchup. We need to ask this question before we start. Do we need to include Brian Burns? Because we don't know if he's going to play. Let's include him. But he's going to be a top 10 player. Let's include him because Spoiler we don't alert. know. Okay, so Burns is a part of it. I yeah. just wanted to make sure Let's because we, we, don't we do know. this in a game-by-game basis, right? Like, uh-huh. So if Burns wasn't playing, then we might not include him here. But we'll include him. Cool. That sounds good to me. All right, so are you ready? Do you want to go first with your first three guys? Do you have that on deck? Or you want to... How you want to do it? I have my first guy. Let, let's let's talk about the first guy for a little bit because okay. we got enough time. We got right. plenty of time. Let's do it. Because this one was tough for me. I don't know if it was tough for you. Okay. If we're just going straight football player, I don't know if there's a guy at a hardcore premium position that also matches up with being the best at that squad that would overtake a Chris Lindstrom being the top rated guard in all of football last year. And when and you highest t- rated offensive player as well, so a ninety five grade. Okay, look, offensive line. It's tough to evaluate how good offensive linemen are, even though Carolina fans have gotten pretty good at it because they've not been great for the most part of the last 10, 15 years or so. But Chris Lindstrom is a monster. He matters a lot to what they do. When you talk about them running the football and being able to have that, be, that's their identity. And so if we're talking about just how important Chris Lindstrom is to that team, he's also going to hold an important spot protecting for a quarterback that you don't believe in. Like, I do not have Desmond Ritter on this top 10. There's another spoiler alert for you. Ritter's not making it. But with Chris Lindstrom, 
he matters a lot to protecting, not allowing that interior pass rush to get through, and creating gaps for whatever running back is going to be there, most likely B. John Robinson. Wes, I've got Chris Lindstrom. I'm trying to get love to your offensive lineman that you've accused me of disrespecting in the past. You definitely do that. So, no, I'm trying to give him some love here. Chris Lindstrom <laughs> is the best player in this game. Okay. Yeah, I can live with that as well. I mean, you talk about a guy that was the highest rated player in all of football, regardless of position. You've got to go with Chris Lindstrom. Uh, he's a big time player out of Boston College. So you're going Chris Lindstrom as well? Yes, I am. All right. So who's did, did you debate anybody there or or did you feel pretty no, good about Lindstrom? Debate. I mean, he's the guy. You know what I'm saying? When you look at everything from an analytical standpoint and just everything about him as a player, he's the number one guy. All right. Who do you have coming up next? Who's number two? Uh, after that, I'm going to go with uh, Caleb McGarry. Uh, also on that offensive line for the Atlanta Falcons. When you look over at him, he had an 86.6 grade uh, last season that put him fourth amongst tackles in all of football. Uh, so I went with him as my number two guy. And then at number three, I have the guy that we have in question, Brian Burns. I've got Burns number two. This is where I decided to go positional value and discussing him asking for $30 million and the Carolina Panthers just might do it. He's real valuable, especially with this team. I know he doesn't have the Nick Bosa production. I know a lot of people that are anti-paying Brian Burns that kind of money are looking at the total sacks the last couple of seasons, comparing him to a Micah Parsons, Bosa, Miles Garrett. It, this is something to me where Brian Burns is still valuable enough to be the second best player on this squad. And then it gets tough from here. I There are a lot of Falcons that I have written down, especially offensively, but... We know offensive, like when we're talking about Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson. I think for me, even still, give me Derek Brown. Derek Brown comes in at, at number four? three. Oh, number three. Number three. Derek Brown is number three. I, I think especially even in this game, here we are talking about how important he is trying to stop the run. And he was one of the top-rated defensive tackles. I, I also, I'm also buying in to the idea of Avero using him in a role that allows him to be a better pass rusher this year. Mm -hmm. I actually think he gets home a little more this season. So I'm putting Derek Brown number three. Okay. All right. And then for my fourth guy, I've got Derek Brown. Uh, I'm going to okay. go with Derek Brown at four. Because I think that when you look at the season that he had last year, he definitely looks like a guy that is ascending and hopefully he can get even better this year. And he's going to be big in this football game to stop the run. And then at number five, uh, the guy that I fought with to put nearly at the top of this list almost. Oh, with, really? Uh, oh, that's Mr. a big Mr. B. Robinson. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? B. <laughs> Robinson, I think the world of this guy, I think when you talk about he's going to be one of the great backs to come into this league, I'm going to put all the hyperbole hyperbole on this guy uh, as far as what he can bring to the table when you talk about size, speed, agility, running style, vision. He's got it all. Uh, dual threat out of the backfield. This guy is all that in a bag of chips. Whichever chips you want to pick, I'm going to go with the uh, OG Doritos. All right, so what were those three again? <laughs> did you go with three or did you just go two there? Uh, I went Derek Brown four, Bijan five. So I just rounded out the top five right there okay i'll do the same uh this is where i have caleb mcgarry coming in at that right tackle spot i, I do think taylor moten for his career has been very good at that spot as well but i think last year you look at just how special of a season mcgarry had on the right side of that offensive line so i'll put him at number four i have grady jarrett at number five just been a good football player for a while now 
And I think Grady Jarrett playing alongside a, a Calais Campbell, having a Bud Dupree come over who at least knows what he's doing. I know David Onyemata is on this squad right now. He's one of the, and actually kind of surprisingly when I was looking at salaries, one of the higher paid defensive linemen in all of the NFL. I think Grady Jarrett finally has some help around him, and he's been the only thing on that line for so long that you had to be afraid of. And despite that, was still getting a lot of respect. So this is some respect for the Clemson, uh, for the former Tiger, for the current Atlanta Falcon. I've got Grady Jarrett in my top five. Okay. I'm going to go with my sixth guy being Frankie Louvu. The production that he had last year, over 100 tackles, seven sacks on the year, double-digit tackles for loss for him. So I think he's a big-time producer uh, as well in this game. Then I have uh, Drake London, who last year had an 83.2 offensive rating. This is a young wide receiver that definitely came onto the scene in a major way. And I think we've already seen in the preseason what he's going to be bringing to the table in 2023. So I've got him. And then I've got to go with the Demon Deke, Jesse Bates, big free agent addition for Atlanta at number eight. All right, so I have Luvu at number six as well. Mina Kimes, featuring Lenny, by the way. Fiddy, I don't know if you knew that. But featuring Lenny, they were talking about their favorite players and the clip that went to just the most underrated player talk that was circulating on Twitter. It was all about how much she loves Luvu, how much Ben Solak loves Frankie Luvu. How the, so the people that love that player are here in Charlotte and the NFL nerds of the world. Frankie Louvu comes in at number six for me as well. We have that exact spot. This is where it's going to get changes here. I've got J.C. Horn number seven. J.C. Horn, I think, is not a top five corner in the league, but very close to it. I think he's a very good player when he's healthy. So give me J.C. Horn at number seven. And then number eight is where I have your boy, Bijan. He's a special talent. Not going to deny that. He's the best running back prospect to come into the league since Saquon Barkley. And even if he hasn't played it down yet, we can project. We can do the whole Shaquille O'Neal being a top 50 greatest player of all time in 92 before he had even really played two seasons yet. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this with Bijan. I expect him to be a very good player. So I'll have Bijan round out the next three. Luvo six, J.C. Horn seven. Bijan Robinson, number eight. I'll finish out my top 10 with uh, J.C. Horn coming in at number nine. Right, so not a big difference there. Yes, yeah, so I've got J.C. Horn coming in there at number nine. I think this is a season that if he can stay healthy, he will definitely uh, truly establish himself as one of the better corners uh, out there when you talk about what he's capable of doing. And at number 10, man, I'm going to go with the quarterback for the Panthers. I got to show Bryce some love and what I think uh, he's capable of. I think Bryce Young is a tremendous talent. We know all of the uh, things that we bloviated about with him before the draft Whoa. as far as just being uh, excited about what he brings to the table. And I think if this offensive line is able to step up and uh, block for him, that I think that he's going to be able to deliver good results. So I'm going to go with Bryce. Um, this one's tough because Bryce barely misses for me in this game. And I feel like we have some numbers. Look, I'm a huge Kyle Pitts fan. I think he deserves to be on this. If you go back to last year, we if, can talk some omissions after this. If you look at the advanced stats, Kyle Pitts was open and he just was getting th the, the throws last year to Kyle Pitts were so off the mark. It was unbelievable. Marcus Mariota was not good. Kyle Pitts, even after all of that, if you want to go by the pro football focus stuff, 11th out of 73 tight ends. I mean, that's where he grades even still. 
And we can't just scoff at the fact that this guy had a thousand yards in his rookie season for a tight end. That's crazy. So I have Kyle Pitts still being in the top 10 at number nine. And I love Drake London. Loved him coming out of the draft. Would have been just fine if Carolina decided to select him. So Drake London comes in at number 10. Bryce Young, London were interchangeable there for me. But I decided to go with Drake London to finish out my top 10. All right. So I've got five Falcons, five Panthers. So I have a pretty even split as far as the top 10 players in this game is concerned. And then when you talk about some of the omissions, I definitely wanted to put Grady Jarrett and Calais Campbell in there, especially to show the respects to Campbell. He had a pretty solid season last year. A.J. Terrell was another guy that you can throw in there. And also Kyle Pitts, uh, as you had him in there, I thought about it, but had to penalize him a little bit for the season that he had last year, whether it was by design or not, but still had to, to to punish him and a very underrated player uh, coming into this game is Caden Ellis uh, that's coming over to Atlanta from the New Orleans Saints and when you talk about a guy last year he had 78 tackles and 7 sacks and also garnered an 81.5 defense grade from pro football focus especially on the running side of things he was a 81 there and a 75 pass rush grade so that's another player uh, to watch in this football game that's a new addition to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah I thought Campbell was my biggest omission was Bryce Young and Calais Campbell. I think those are the two guys that I'm looking at. Jake Matthews. Now y'all come at Walker for not putting Bryce Young in his top 10. I'm going to rile him up. It was tough. I wanted to do it. <laughs> I thought people would hate me for that, but I, I will be, I, I want to be wrong very badly on that. So hopefully Bryce Young comes in and carves Atlanta up very, uh, you know, a, a ton in, in his first ever game in the NFL. Yeah. So those are a couple of the guys that I had missing. If you want to text in, tell us how you're feeling. 704-570-9610. Jack said, yeah, we missed on Drake London with Mike Evans wanting out in Tampa Bay. He was discussing, uh, this text isn't loading as much. Yeah, with Mike Evans wanting out in Tampa Bay, what do we have to do to go get Mike Evans? Oh, Lord, I don't, I think Tampa's taxing heavy if the Panthers wanted him. It's going to be tough in the division. It's going to be tough. Yeah, you're going to have to get rid of all, yeah, all these top 10 players, probably going to have to get rid of. And Miles Sanders, call it, called us out, text the 704-941 number, said that we leave Miles Sanders off of the list. We did. Yeah. We did. No, and I'm cool with that. I mean, I'm. He's an honorable mention. We'll call him an honorable mention. Well, I mean, is my I I like Miles Sanders fine, mm-hmm. right? I is he a top is he a top ten running back in the league? We just know I mean, you by hate production, yeah, you by production for sure. He he's he's a guy that's that's worth noting. There's no question about it. I just think when you look at the totality of these guys that we have picked, it's hard to say. You know, who would you take him over in our 10? I mean, there's plenty of other guys. Like, I didn't have Jesse Bates either. And I I really like Jesse Bates. I think that was a good pickup for Atlanta. There's honestly three guys that I would put. And it's no disrespect to Miles Sanders. But if you are a guy that Philadelphia was taking off the field and not throwing to on third downs, I value that a lot. If you're getting taken off the field in scenarios because for anything other than rest or because of injury, then that's, I mean, I'm docking you. So I, I hopefully Miles has that back in his repertoire this season. I believe he does, but Miles Sanders wasn't in heavy consideration for me to be in the top 10. Uh, we do have people writing in 704 said, nah, Walker screwed up. The Bryce is right, baby. Yeah, I love it. I love it. 
feel free to come at that. That's one where I'll, I'll actually welcome the hate. I just couldn't do it right now. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to three. Sit tight and stay locked because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show... Oh, 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 it's Mac and Bo on your radio, baby. You guys are the most entertaining sports program in the world. My cahoots are over here, and your cahoots are over there. Okay, I'll leave yours alone. Are you punching yourself over there right now? You're I'm pumped up. Have they even ever made mistakes? You make one every day. My soccer daddy right there. Okay, okay. Well, thank you for calling me daddy. Yeah, Mac and Bo, get him, baby. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We got two hours to go. All right. Pumped up Panther Mac and Bone. Got to start getting in here, baby. All right. We we made runs at the NCAA over the Tez Walker thing. Lee Sterling got you some picks. We lamented the wide receiver injury situation. We got to get going. We got to get going. And this hour is going to be all about positivity, Bone. What's the formula? What are the things that we can see the Panthers doing that will get us a huge road division win to open up the season and open up the Bryce era and, and the Frank Reich era. And at 825, it'll be back to college football, college football confidence. Who's out there feeling like, man, I love our matchup this week. I think we're getting a win. We'll talk about State Notre Dame. Charlotte, Maryland is such an interesting, enticing game on national TV. And App in Carolina after last year. Extremely interesting. So those are a few we'll get into. Alabama, Texas, I'm sure will come up. But right now, though, Bone, we were dancing around it last segment, but now it is go time. Our first Panther victory formula of the season. And Bobby from Fayetteville kept it very simple. Yeah. He kept it simple, Bone. He just said, don't do any dumb things like we did with Matt Rulich. Well, write write that down. It's simple, but it's, it's true. We are not a high-powered offensive football team. I don't expect us to be, especially with these wide receiver injuries, that can turn the ball over a couple times on the road and beat a divisional foe. I believe that will come eventually in Bryce's you know, tenure. I'm not sure that's happening right now. I'm not sure our offense is going to be at that point right now. So, yeah, I feel like it's got to be a turnover-free or maybe at most one turnover game. It's got to be clean. And as far as turnovers go in the formula, I wrote down, get an early turnover. Because especially if it's from Ritter, whether it be a pick, a fumble, something that happens, Matt, what's we don't exactly know what's the confidence level of Desmond Ritter 
We don't know. But if there's an early turnover, he messes up, Mac, and he starts to doubt himself a little bit week number one, force an early turnover on Desmond Ritter and let him spiral a little bit in his first game of the season. That's what I want to see there. Yeah, it'd be big. Strip be sack, big. whatever. Something that he that he's responsible for. Let him make that mistake and then let him have to sit on that the rest of the day. I think I think yeah, get in his head a little bit. I think a way to get in his head too is Averos patented blitzes. Giro Avero is a blitz-heavy defensive coordinator. I think it was like top six or seven in the league yep. last year in blitz percentage, maybe even higher than that. Uh, blitzes and young quarterbacks like that. Like uh, Again, and I think maybe Atlantis does this to Bryce. I honestly, even though Bryce doesn't have one year under his belt and four starts under his belt like Ritter does, I honestly feel better about Bryce handling blitzes than I do about Desmond Ritter. Uh, Desmond yes. Ritter. Desmond Ritter was two and two in his starts last year. He didn't have a turnover at all. He, or he didn't have an interception. He played the safest game ever. Bone. He had two completions in four games over ten yards. He threw the ball short over and over again. Let's get this guy in down in distances where he has to let it rip, and let's let Avero go after him. And then. In that scenario, Bone, that's where we get what you're looking for, which is the turnover. I do think you have to force a couple of Ritter jitters. A couple Ritter of Ritter jitter. mistakes, Bone, man. I'm with you 100% you, on that. Did you write that one down? No, it just came uh, to my head right now. That's improv, yeah. I just say whatever stupid thing pops well, in my head, and 10% of the time, it's actually humorous. Yeah, no, it's, it's about, no. What about a lead entering the fourth quarter? Obviously, enter, end of the game, you want the lead. But a entering, lead ending the fourth quarter. Put that in yeah, there. Entering the fourth quarter. Here's why, man. Can they get up by 10 or so? Can they have a lead? And I say that because we know Arthur Smith really wants to run the football. That's going to be their MO. But can they get a lead in the second half that's going to have to make them throw? Yes, they have weapons. Yeah, that'd be big. But can they make – I want Ritter to have to beat the Panthers with his arm. I, we know they can run the football. That's 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 how they'd probably win the game. I want Ritter to have to make plays. If they can just rely on the run game all the way through, get a lead and pound it out, we're going to be in trouble. We get a lead, and it's got to be Ritter, whether it be third downs, whatever it is. Ritter having to make oh, plays. That's huge. That's, that's huge for the Panthers no, to win this. A game. lead. You get a ten point lead, you know, in the might second be, half. Might, might be good night. It would be huge. Now, as much of a Panther homer as I am, I'm not sure we're going to get a ten point lead in this game. I still feel like. I'm torn on it, Bone, because part of me does want to admit, be somewhat honest, that, hey, I think you it's... Know, well, we don't do that on Football Friday. <laughs> I think it's a work in progress, new scheme, moving parts, wide receiver injuries and stuff like that. But I am still holding out hope. And I think this is part of the formula, too, is let it loose. Frank Reich, if you're going to talk that talk during the preseason that, hey, we're being very vanilla... We're holding back a lot of stuff. Why would we show it? And then uh, it, not only on offense, but on defense. Remember when Darren Gant asked the question of Frank Reich and he started by saying, uh, or it might have been David Newton, who started by saying, hey, there's a lot we don't know about this defense. You didn't play a lot of starters. And he said, good, mission accomplished. I, I think they've got to break out things, bells and whistles, and things that we did not see. And I'm confident they will, man. You know what I mean? This this has to. If you're going to talk that talk like we ain't showing anything in the preseason, well, you better show us everything, man, uh, on Sunday. Miles Sanders, Mac, 125 yards. Now, you could, you could put the number as a team total. What do you think it should be? You're saying I, rushing? Yes. And, and maybe a tutty and hopefully two. Here's why. There's so many questions about 
the receivers, I think they're going to have to rely a lot on Sanders. So I think that may seem like a lot before this game. If they get a lead, I think Sanders getting 125 with what's going on here. Game one for Bryce Young, trying to figure things out. We know the offensive line, despite the pass protection problems, they're good at run blocking. So I think 125 for Miles Sanders. If he can get that, I think we're going to see Panthers in the win column on Sunday. That's my number four. Oh, that would be a huge number. And Hayden Hurst. He, it may have to be heavy Miles Sanders running and Hayden Hurst, whether it be the red zone or whatnot. I think we know they're going to be in there. Sanders and Hurst, the two new guys. That, to me, may be the offensive storylines outside of analyzing Bryce Young on Monday. Sanders, so you're expecting a – and by the way, we're doing our first of the season Panther victory formula. How do we beat the Dirty Birds? How do we win as three-and-a-half-point dogs on the road and shock all these national media members that are just hyping the crap out of Falcons? It's driving me crazy. Smitty from the so city you, says, how can Miles Sanders run for 125 behind this offensive line? Mac, this offensive line last year, can you – can you tell them it's, how good it was? Run it's block? still four of the same starters that in the second half of the year made this one of the best run teams in the league. Yes, that's my point. Like we finished 10th and we did so by being like in the top four over the last eight weeks. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, Zavala's in it. But Zavala's thing is, I heard um, Thomas Brown talking about it yesterday. Zavala's thing is big, physical, you know, nasty, mauler type. Yeah. So hopefully we get him going in the run game. He can Reich, loves the, Reich loves the run game. You got to keep that in mind here, too. That's one. That's his thing. Don't let the fact that he's a quarterback and he's considered a quarterback guru by most of us, not Michael Lombardi, but most of us, um, don't let that fool you. He is a run-first quarterback when you look at the way they, they did things with the Indianapolis Colts. And I think, and in Philly, they ran it when he was the OC there. So I, I, re- I expect the run game to look a lot different than it did in the preseason. If I'm wrong, I'll eat those words. Feed me those words. Tell me I'd mess another one up. But, like, I really think it, the run game is going to be different. Remember that Will You Co- just set up the text line, by the way. Well, I was Matt, promise to eat something if the Panthers win. So what are they going to come up with now? I said I'm going to eat my words. Okay. So how do we do that? Write my words on paper? I got to eat the paper? Is that what the hell I have to do? How does one actually eat words? I don't know. <laughs> Remember the Will Kunkel tweet, too, Bone, before he ran off to Houston uh, for more money and more hair products. Um, he said, Bone, that he was told by a, pre- a pretty good source that one of the things on offense they were holding back is kind of elaborate blocking schemes. And I think this will probably apply yeah. in, in pass pro, too. Like, I think they wanted to see Icky out there on an island. And listen, it, it, there were a few plays where it was ugly as all get out. And maybe they have to, in certain matchups, give him some help. Um, and maybe that's part of the formula, you know, is maybe at times. Although I'll say this, Icky's matchup Based on you know where they play, where they're expected to play, guys, it's expected that second year, like Bud Dupree, I think is expected to play over on Moten side most of the time. So that would have uh, Ebba Katie, the second year guy out of Penn State, yeah. uh, over on on uh, the side of Icky. I think that's a matchup that, that he can win. They're both second year guys. Ebba Katie is a talent. But he's raw. He's from Cameroon. He's a raw player. I know this being a Penn State fan. And he only had two sacks last year. So it's like, if that's the guy Icky's going up against most of the time, maybe you don't need to throw him a ton of help, man. And on the other side of the ball in the formula, we, we know where the heart and soul is of the Falcons team. It's in the offensive skill guys, right? It's in the backs. It's in, it's in Pitts. It's in Drake. We, we, Cordell Patterson. We, we know, Mac, where their bread and butter is. It's in these skill guys. J.C. Horn 
whether he's, you know, if he's on Pitts or he's on London, J.C. Horn taking one. There's not huge depth at the pass-catching spots. We know those guys that are the front-line guys are good. But if he takes one of those guys away, how huge is that? Who are you putting them on? What's the formula, Bone? I think, well, you've also got Chin who can also do some work on Pitts there at, at his position. So I would put I would put Horn on London and just, have him, on t- and just have him take him out of the I ball. think London will do nothing. But here's the thing, though. We don't know what this – what does Averro do? I should try to look this up. Like, does he play corners by sides? Or does he have, like, you're just going to stay on that side? Or does he say, J.C. Horn, you're on that dude? We don't know yet about Avera. Like, what did he do with Sertan? I guess I need to try to figure that out. Like, did Sertan follow guys around? If so, I think there's a good chance he does that with Horn. And I, if he covers Drake London every snap, Drake London's a good receiver. Not great. Yes. But he's good. He's all right. His career's off to a good start coming into his second year. But I believe Horn will erase that fool. And I that, believe and, he will erase him, and, and then they have to get production. And then, you know, they, they're, they're, and then Chin on Pitts, and it's going to be a give and take. Chin's an athlete, but Pitts will probably get his. But I'd rather have, if you're taking one guy away, put all the pressure on the other guy. If one guy if one guy has a day, that's fine. But Horn's going to take out somebody that he's on. That's that's my point. That's going to be a big difference. So you could argue maybe trying Horn on Pitts. Then it's like Dante on London. London's got a big height advantage there. I don't know. It's gonna be it's, it's gonna be fascinating to see because we've got two new schemes. We didn't show much on both sides of the ball. Like we're sitting here belting out a form. We have no idea how, what this coaching staff's formula is. Someone said you they know? can't wait to see how Frank Wright game manages. Also, which we don't always talk about all the time. Matt Rule, Matt. I, I don't want to. I don't want to slander Matt Rule in this radio show. That's not what we're no. here for. Matt Rule, Matt didn't, that. Matt Rule didn't always feel like he was in control of things, uh, game managing wise. Wasn't there a situation where <laughs> they couldn't read the, uh, they couldn't see the replay boards at one point? That was a whole deal. Remember that? And that like went on for like a whole, almost a whole season. His first year, didn't he say? Like we were like we like two thirds away, half the way through the season, and he was like, "Yeah, it's hard to know which which plays to review because my assistant in charge of watching the reviews can't see the video board." Yeah, because your assistant was watching Peaky Blinders or something. Why would you, so shouldn't shouldn't someone else be in charge of watching the video board that can see? Let's it? move on. We got to move on now. It's my fault. We got to move on. Move Come on. Come on, baby. I just need a win. We need to. And I know Steve Wilkes came along and did a lot to kind of get rid of destinkify things from Rules Era. But this a win against Atlanta, and we'll talk about it later. We want to know your predictions later. We're going to give our predictions. But it's like, God, this would do so much for our psyche. It would do so much for the fragile Panther psyche that that people have after the preseason, too. You know? Yeah, yeah. This would be so big to get it. Mac, I will allow you to handle the J.C. Horn haters during the break. J.C. Horn haters. Wes Bryant, you texting in, man? <laughs> Come on now. Wes, you got one right all summer with that Duke Clemson <laughs> it thing. It wasn't even Wes Bryant that texted You got that thing right right Wes wasn't involved in this one, though. I know. I'm just, I'm okay, just saying. All right. Well, you took this personal to Wes. Allow me, allow me to work here. Wes's J.C. Horn hatred could be one of the most annoying things that is currently done on WFNC. I love Wes, but it could be. But uh, anyway, everybody drop that. All right. Do we have our guy? queued up flound all right we have hold, held this guy out bone much like, a beef huh much like no that's the that's the last hour of the oh, show. okay we have held <laughs> this man out pep talking the final hour this man has been chomping a debit bone to return as the official crooner of the mac and bone show he is barren he is ready bone he is hyped up for the panther season he has an ode to Derek brown that he has penned for us bone right now 
that he will sing a cappella. All right, uh, let me bring the man, the myth, the legend, Baron in. Baron, are you ready to go for the season, baby? Oh, I'm so ready. Mac Bone, Flound Dog, these last six months, they flew by with all the excitement and all the new faces. But the thing that's going to carry this team this season, it's the defense. That's what the Panthers have always been as a franchise. It's the defense. And I think this year it's about Derrick Brown. Uh, not only in uh, popping that bubble of a pocket, but also in that run defense. Them double teams, yeah. them gaps, he ain't going to let them open. Oh, Derrick Brown, no, he won't back down. When the guard starts pulling, trying to push someone around, they'll meet Derrick Brown. Andy won't back down. Yeah, baby. There you go, baby. All right, Baron, that is a good start for you, We've got lighters in the air over here. (laughs) The lighters are out for Baron Penny and that performance right there. Made my heart beat fast. Oh, tell me he wouldn't be through to Hollywood on American (laughs) Idol, y'all. Come on, tell me that wouldn't get him through to Hollywood. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show... Joe Person of The Athletic covers the Panthers. He's on Twitter, at Joseph Person, and we got a lot of catching up to do with him. He's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. What's up, brother? How are you? Shout out Lake Murray, man. I've spent a lot of weekends down there. It's good to have friends with a lake house. Yeah, man. Oh, absolutely. There's no question about it. Well, it's good to have you. Um, Is there a Brian Burns contract yet? You got good news for us? Yes? No? Maybe? I don't. Okay. I don't. This is a hurry up and wait situation. Uh, obviously, it's uh, you know he's still he went out there again practice today. Frank Reich was very uh, non-committal about his status for Sunday because I don't think uh, Frank Reich and the Panthers know uh, the coaching staff anyway. I mean, I, I think Brian Burns would like to play even without a contract, but you know he's got to use the leverage that he has and. Maybe he forfeits a, a $900,000 game check thinking that, you know, that, that'll get baked, you know, into the, the, the next contract. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, he's posting stuff apparently on social media that doesn't look real great. His body language this week hasn't been real great. But, but all of that can turn around with a couple of phone calls. But it hasn't, and, and, and you know, we're going back to last October now with, when, when they turned down the Rams deal and kind of thought this day would come. And 
I'm I'm a little surprised that something hadn't gotten done. I I am too. And so let's walk through this together, Joe. You're um you're a good man to do this with because I, what I can't figure out is, and maybe you share these same thoughts, concerns, questions. You know, you, you turned down those trades last year. You've talked about him being a core piece, a leader, part of the culture. He's done all the right things. Um, even if you were waiting for, for Bosa's deal to come down, even if both sides were waiting for Bosa's deal to come down, you know, what are they that far apart that it can't be the, the bridge or the gap can't be bridged at this point? Like, did somebody slide a number across the table at any point? Were they in the same zip code? going into these conversations. How do we get to a point where, you know, I know Chris Jones set out last night, but that's a slightly different scenario. How are we here after everything that's transpired between Burns and the Panthers? So my understanding is that the Panthers' initial offer wasn't real great. And, you know, rather than kind of work through it and work toward a middle ground, I think his side just kind of went into silent mode and sort of let the Panthers just sort of stew and, you know, first of all, let me say, a lot of times in those negotiations that, that they start off far apart and, and you work toward a, a middle ground. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the point. But, you know, in, in the meantime, it, it reminds me a little bit with like arbitration with baseball and that both sides, I know they don't have that football with football, but in, in majors, it ends up being kind of an ugly process because you ha- you have to hear your employer's say things like what you can't do and this is this is why we don't value you at the nick bosa level maybe we're more around the max crosby level maybe somewhere in between which is where i think they need to and should get but you know i i I think that burns side has probably heard them talk about you know things like his run defense and, you know, just in, in, mainly that, because, I mean, as an edge rusher, he, he's as good as there is. But, uh, you know, the other side of the equation, and Brian Burns is saying, look, I, you know, Nick Bosa missed a season. I haven't, you know, I, I've, I've towed the line. I've, I've gone out every Sunday with very few exceptions uh, for his first four years. It's time for me to get paid. This is a short window. This is a, is a small window these NFL players have. Give me mine, and and I I can make a very good argument for for uh, Brian Burns wanting to maximize every dollar he can. I yeah, I'm with you on that. So just to, just to be clear, I think you alluded to this a minute ago, but just to be clear for the listeners out there, what does your gut tell you? Deal or no deal? Do you believe he suits up on Sunday? I do, and, but that's you know this is new ground. Like we have not since Scott Fitter came in, we have not covered a contract dispute. And, uh, you know, David Tepper is, is a tough, he doesn't like to part with his, his millions. Uh, Samir Suleiman is a, is a n- notoriously, you know, tough negotiator. And, and they're not just going to roll over on that side. Um, they value Brian Burns. Like, and, and that's what I mean, this sort of feeling a little bit like arbitration where it, things get muddied and, and there's, you know, some feelings get hurt. So to your question, I think he'll suit up. That's sort of Brian Burns' mo since I've covered him. Team guy, you know, shows up, plays hurt, uh, but we'll see. As this his little bit, bit of leverage he has left, does he want to lose? Yeah, I, and look, I don't want to belabor the points. I want to talk about the game, but you know, I have a lot of texters who aren't, let's say, um, they aren't very kind in their their word choice, but the sentiment is the same that you know this reflects poorly on Scott Fitterer. 
and the front office. Do you believe that to be true at this stage in the game? Can we say that this reflects very poorly on the general manager in the front office, the fact that this isn't done yet? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, these things, like I was reading a quote from John Lynch today that said that the, the Nick Bosa extension was a journey, and it was complicated, and it was far from easy. And and so if the Panthers and if Brian Burnside were waiting for the Bosa deal to get done, you know, this I, I, I think it's fair to, to suggest that it's going to be a journey. I mean, it already has been. I get it. And people all, you know, want this done yesterday. But maybe, maybe it doesn't happen week one. Maybe it happens, you know, a month from now. Uh, but you'd like to hear somebody from the organization and or from Burnside expressing some optimism that they are starting to, to you know, come, come to a, a, a middle ground or some, some common ground, at least, and working toward, you know, the, the payday uh, or the, the kind of payday, I should say, that, that Nick Bosa just got. Joe Person, The Athletic covers the Panthers on Twitter at Joseph Person. He's got the best stuff in the business. You should subscribe and read it. He's awesome. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Um, I saw your report first earlier, no DJ Chark on Sunday. I, I think that's a real blow. Uh, and then Adam Thielen is listed as questionable. Um, I guess my gut tells me he'll try to play, but I don't know how effective he'll be. So we said earlier, okay, you've got the rookie Mingo, you've got LaVisca Chenault, you, we think you've got TMJ, Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders. Is that enough firepower to win this game on Sunday? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I mean, when you when you lay it out like that, I mean, this this already was a receiving core that people around the, the league didn't you know think much of, rightly or wrongly. Uh, and now you're you're missing one for sure, and maybe two starters out of that. I I I do think Thielen will play. Um, will he be you know effective on on a less than a hundred percent ankle? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it 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 is a big concern. Uh, are there enough weapons around Bryce Young? Uh, I don't necessarily love the the Grady Jarrett on Chandler Zavala matchup and and Zavala's uh, you know debut as a, a rookie starter at right guard as, as the Panthers wait on Austin Corbett. Um, that's that interior pressure right in the face of a five foot ten quarterback is it isn't always a recipe rarely a recipe for success. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm very confident that that Thomas Brown and Frank Reich have have saved some things that they are going to unveil Sunday. Every team does. That's not unique to this franchise. But you know, I think I think with the rookie quarterback, especially, you know, they were holding back a lot. They were not, didn't want to expose Bryce Young to any unnecessary hits uh, in terms of their play choices and their play selections. So. You know, I, yes, I, losing one of your, your three starters and having another one questionable is not great uh, at all. All right, Joe, uh, as far as the offensive line goes, Chandler Zavala is going to get the start. But more than that, it seems like everybody nationally has latched on to the narrative that Carolina's offensive line sucks, um, which you know is partially true, I guess, based on some of the preseason, but isn't accurate if you look to last season. So, what do you think the real truth is about this offensive line? Should we be concerned about Icky? Can Zavala hold up? You know, what do you think about this group coming back, you know, four out of the five back on the field week one? I think what I would say is I, I, I would trust my eyes over the course of a 17-game season last year, regular season, 
versus a three game preseason. And 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 I've you know I fed into the narrative. I mean, we we were writing based off two or three series of the first team offense, and the offensive line won very good. Yeah. And, and Ike Aquanu, you know, had some struggles, but they have arguably the best offensive line coach in the game in James Campbell. That alone isn't going to, you know, solve every protection woe. I get it. But but I, I, I saw those guys. I know they were a run-blocking team late last season, but I also saw Icky do some good things in pass blocking after his rough start against Miles Garrett. And so, I, as I said, I don't think it's going to look nearly as bad in a larger window, uh, a larger sample size, you know, over the when you have your first team line out there for 65 plays on Sunday versus like 18 or whatever it was they were playing in the preseason. I, I think they'll be OK. I, I will, too. What do you think of Atlanta, by the way? I know you've probably been asked this question several times this week, but um, I'm a non-believer. We'll put it that way. I respect their skill position talent, and I'm sure they got a little bit better on defense, but I, I just don't think they've they've solved quarterback. I'm a non-believer. What say you? I don't know if they have a quarterback. I've asked some of our colleagues down there, my, my colleagues in, in Atlanta, that in that, that same question. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, Desmond Ritter didn't get much of a look last year. He did okay. He did okay, to, you know, when, when they did play him. But, uh, I, I mean, I think Bryce Young's a better player. I may be wrong. You, you can call me up Monday and tell me how wrong I was. But, uh, yeah, this feels like this could kind of be an ugly sort of week one, a little sloppy, kind of a, a slug fest. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, maybe the, maybe the Panthers get some takeaways. Their defense hadn't done that much the last couple of years. But maybe, you know, under Ajiro Averro, they become, you know, a little bit more opportunistic. They get some takeaways, some short fields for Bryce. And they uh, kind of steal a week one win on the road. I'm thinking like a slow pitch softball game, sixteen to nine, Panthers win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like that analogy. <laughs> we'll see, Joe. Persich, everybody drinks beer after the game. Everybody together as friends, enjoying sports. Uh, Joe, you're the best, brother. Thank you for a Friday appearance. Go enjoy your, your yard work or whatever it is you're about to do. We appreciate it. Yeah, I am going to do some yard work. You enjoy your weekend, brother. Right, you too. Tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.